You're now listening to the Bad Guy Radio production of Sox Fans with Attitude, featuring Ken W.O. and your boy King Mac. What's up, King Mac? I appreciate it. Welcome to Sox Fans with Attitude. You're now listening to episode two. And uh, we're not going to take too long here. We're going to jump right into it. It was a great season opener. How you feeling, Ken Wu? Oh, I'm feeling great, man. Uh, opening day on the south side, and they come out and they stick it up the Royals' ass. It was fucking phenomenal. Lance Lynn looked good today, man. Oh, yeah. I loved it. They took it to him. I mean, I know you had to be smiling with um, Mercedes hitting that big bombs. I know how you enjoy uh, the home run, so uh, that had to be great for you. Oh, I loved it. Mercedes came out in uh, in in the introductions, and he was wearing like eight chains. I was getting flashbacks to Yvonne Calderon, man. Uh, you know, Yvonne's my boy. And Mercedes came up there, first pitch, boom, nailed it up onto the concourse just about. I think they said it was 485 feet. I mean, can't get any better than that. He became one of my favorites almost instantly right there. Oh yeah, I think the, I think the uh, footage though they be lying on man because that seemed like it was way longer than four hundred eighty five feet. But man, I couldn't. I think that's the longest home run I've seen hit at the uh, ballpark. So I don't know about yeah. you, but that was impressive. Yeah, I think they said it was the third longest Sox home run at that park. And I saw Frank was second. I missed who was first on the graphic. I I saw Frank was second and and Mercedes was third. But, man, first at bat in the new ballpark, and you're already number three for the longest home run? Oh, yeah. Can't I was, beat that. I was pumped up because, you know, it's been taking them a little while to score some runs. So, for them to jump right out and get those guys for three, that was big, man. I, re- I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was really overall a good game to have Lynn kind of go throw back on us, you know, kind of remind me of like uh, 2005 when we had those four horses going deep into games. And it was much needed because we was using our bullpen a lot. So, man, I really, really enjoyed the game. I mean, it it was, to me, the best game of the season so far. Oh, yeah, it was phenomenal. Uh, Lynn, like you said, going going uh, all nine looked looked great. And, you know, nobody's gone six yet. So that was a big problem. That's probably, the, you know, the bullpen's getting overused in the first week because nobody can even go six. They're having to cover a ton of outs. And, you know, you get the ball to the big fat guy and he's going to go nine for you. So I love that. You know how I love the fat pitchers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. When he was pitching, that's what I was thinking about the whole time because I remember I was talking about uh, the guy they drafted, Jerry Kelly. I was talking about his weight. And that's one of the things you uh, tweeted out. You was like, hey, I like this guy, man. It's it's the uh, the bulky the bulky guys who all muscled up that had injury problems. It's the big guys that uh, – you know, normally I uh, don't have injury problems and, and last long in the game. So, so far, it seems like you're right. You know, maybe I'll leave the fat guys alone for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Just the pitchers. Well, Mercedes, too, my guy, you know. <laughs> it, it was a good day for the thick guys today out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mercedes look like a bulldog, man. I mean, this guy's hitting everything. I mean, he's making contact with everything. He's not striking out that much. I mean, White Sox fans should be excited about this guy, you know, and it looks like, you know, uh, as far as hitting wise, that he might he ain't gonna bat five hundred, but it looked like he can be a pretty decent batter and take some of the pressure off the guys and make up 
for uh, the loss of Eloy, at least a little bit. I'm not saying he's Eloy, but at least make up for some of that loss. I don't, I don't see how you can take him out the lineup. I know people crying about Vaughn not playing, and they crying about some of Tony LaRusso's lineups. But to be honest, most of the moves Tony LaRusso made as far as the lineup has has been pretty good. The guys he's put in has performed. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, what's he going to do? You can't take out the guy that's hitting 550 on a team that's not really hitting all that well overall, at least up until today. Uh, you know, they were struggling with the bats and struggling with men in scoring position. And here's this guy uh, out of nowhere getting hit 550. You can't pull him and just put in Vaughn because he was a first round pick and, and you know, he's he's a big time prospect. You know, whatever, dude. I want the, I want the guy that's hitting the ball right now. So Mercedes, get in there. I love that Larusse is doing it. Don't don't bow down just because the guy's a first round pick. You know, that's my feel. Go with the hot hand. Now, if Mercedes all of a sudden cools off and goes over twenty, well, hey, throw Vaughn and see if he could get hot. You know, but yeah. for right now, I don't see how you can take him out of the lineup. No, uh, he. I mean, you know, early in the season, he's the best hitter. You know, it's really. No denying that. I mean, he's hitting for average, hitting for power. Uh, he's running, even running the bases <laughs> pretty well, you know. So he's been impressive this season. I mean, it, the bench period has been uh, pretty impressive. I mean, everybody questioned uh, the depth of the team. But so far, I mean, Mendick, he's come right in playing well. Zach Collins, he's come in and, and done pretty decent. Um Hamilton, before he went down, he was doing uh, pretty well. Even Lamb, the game he played, he got on base, you know, three times with three walks. So And played pretty good defense over there at third, too. So, I mean, really, one of the weaknesses so far has really been the strength of the team. It's really like the everyday guys that we uh, depend on who've been struggling early on. I mean, Makata kind of bust out today uh, and did well. So, you know, overall, White Sox fans got to be kind of happy, you know, with not only today's performance, but the fact that we are, you know, uh, 500 right now because it could be a lot worse with the way we play defensively and how we hit. Absolutely, man. And you throw into that the bullpen getting, you know, some of them have gotten battered around and some of them have ran into some bad luck. But either way, they're not getting the results that you would want them to. Um you know, from Bummer down to Foster to Marshall, uh, even Cody Hoyer, uh, he's not doing as well as he w- looked last year, you know. Um, so to be 500 at this point is pretty good. I mean, Robert gets hit in the head. He'll never get hit in the head with another fly ball. I mean, at least I hope not. I don't think so. <laughs> the guy's a gold glover out there. Um so to be 500, and like you said, with contributions from Collins, who, you know, I fully admit, I, I I don't I don't see much in Collins, um, but he's come out and hey he had a big home run and then he had a big single yesterday, mm. um, you know so that's great. Mendick comes up, he's playing better than your boy Madrigal. I think he's gonna take his job in a couple weeks. <laughs> hey, you know we ain't gotta be disrespectful here, man. <laughs> but you know to be honest, I mean he is making better contact than Madrigal is right now. I mean. Mendick, it seems like he makes the best out of his opportunities. Whatever opportunities he's given, he makes the best of them. And to be honest, you need players like that. You know, it's always somebody who you least expect 
that come up in a big situation and get the job done. At least in the playoffs, it seemed that way. I mean, look at um, the guy for the Rays. You know, I don't want to butcher his name, but the outfield. I mean, he came out of nowhere last year. And, and, oh, uh, Rosarena. Yeah, Rosarena. Yeah, and, and just yeah. made it made a uh, a big impact on that team over there. So maybe we got that with Mercedes. Who knows? But hopefully, it's fun. I hope he stays hot. He even got me thinking about. Getting his jersey, you know, I'm not sure on that yet, but I'm definitely taking a good look at it, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a little early for that call for me, but you know, I, I like the guy. I, I, I'm not against buying one of those T-shirts for a little cheaper than the jersey. <laughs> I did it for my boy Daniel Palka. I know you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, oh, Palka. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, hopefully, he's not in that situation where you know he had one hot year, you know, had a spark when he started, now he just garbage, you know. Hope, yeah. <laughs> hopefully that's not, you know, what we got with Mercedes, you know. Yeah, Um. well, to your point, though, I mean, obviously Palka had a lot more swing and miss and strikeout in his game than Mercedes does. Mercedes is changing up his approach with two strikes. He's going the other way, getting hits the other way. So maybe he's got a little more staying power than my boy Palkamania, but you know, for right now, the Terminator or Yerminator, whatever they call him, I, I'm loving him, man. I like that name, man. Hey, it cracks me up every time I hear it. I got to be honest, the Yerminator. That's pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, like I say, I'm just excited. I'm feeling good today. The boys went out there and played. On the recap, I had Big Pimpin' on. So, you know, it, it's it's good to be, you know, in the position we in now. Hopefully you don't have a fall off tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow, but Saturday, and they go out there and take care of business with the Royals, and hopefully we can get a sweep and be two games above five hundred. That that'll be great. That'll be a really a good start to the season, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I really think you know. Usually I hate the day off after opening day. I usually can't stand it. It's one of my least favorite days of the year. Um, but this year. I think it's really going to benefit the team, especially coming off of Lynn's complete game. That bullpen's going to get all back in order. All arms are going to be available. Um, I think maybe they'll be in the right m- mindset now. They won at home. You know, the crowd was going crazy. That was that was great to see as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the day off tomorrow is really going to help them out, uh, and hopefully they could get those two wins like you're talking about. Yeah, and hopefully seats can go uh... – at least six innings uh, Saturday. That'll be great. You know, that'll be a real uh, good sign for him. I mean, he did battle his last start. I mean, last the, the previous year he would have kind of imploded in that situation, but at least this year he kind of battled through uh, the little struggle he had last game. So hopefully, uh, you know, the, the breaker help him. They kind of a little banged up right now with T.A. with Hamilton uh, I think something was wrong with Garcia as well. So hopefully, oh, really? uh, I didn't hear that yet. Yeah, I think he was. I heard a report that in the pre, as a matter of fact, it was the pregame on the radio. I heard a report that he, you know, had some type of leg injury. Uh, Tony Larusa wouldn't specify. At least that's what they said on the pregame oh, okay. show. So, you know, hopefully, uh, the day off helps and they can get a little healthy. You know. Yeah. One thing I gotta say, man. They they did the introductions today, and the, you know, um, they introduce all the players, including the guys on the DL that were there, like uh, Anderson, Ingle, and Hamilton. They introduce these guys. Hamilton comes out; he looks hurt. He's like, you know, walking real slow. 
Anderson and Ingle are running out there shaking hands with everybody. Dude, if you can run, get the fuck out there and play some ball, man. Let's go. <laughs> well, I think probably because it's a hamstring, they being very uh, cautious. I, I bet T.A. probably want to play. You know what I mean? I seen, oh, for sure. I seen videos of him uh, just taking ground balls out there in uh, Seattle. So I'm pretty sure he itching to go, uh, you know, get at it. But they probably just being very cautious with uh, him. Engel, he's yeah. a bench guy, and you know he comes in and play good defense. So I don't know, you know, why be cautious with him. You could you could throw him on out there, but I guess right now ain't no rush. I mean, the outfielders they have playing now have been playing, you know, pretty well. I mean, Eden, he's done a decent job. I think his own base percentages in the three sixties or whatever. Um, Robert, even though everybody was going crazy, like. Three days ago, I mean, he's honestly been playing well. Probably been maybe the third or second best hitter on the team, if you really think about it, you know. For so, sure, for sure. I think he's reached base in every game. Yeah, and every, uh-huh. yeah, he's taking more walks. I mean, so the guy has been, and he's, besides that one mistake off his head, he's been playing really good defense. I mean, getting jumps, doing what he norm, what he normally does, you know. Yeah, um, I know he he struggles uh, laying off good sliders, but who doesn't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you he's throw that, that good slider, that's going to get a lot of guys. So it's gotten Robert. Hopefully he could start laying off of it. Yeah. But even with doing that, he's still getting hits. He's still getting, uh, you know, some loud hits. So, uh, you know, that's good to see. He He's playing good overall. I don't have nothing to complain about him. Eaton needs to shore up the defense a little bit. That's been a little shaky. Yeah. Uh, it's been worse than I remember him uh, when he was here last time, yeah. but it's early. Uh, hopefully he'll get that little straightened out, uh, but his hitting has been pretty good. He's on base a lot. He's getting line hits, you know, pretty yeah. much every game or almost every game. I think he got a little cold the last couple, but yeah. uh, he got a couple today, drove in some runs. So he's been, you know, I mean, he's been pretty uh, consistent. I mean, and he's been getting on base too. I mean, I like I thought he was good for the team. I think you need uh I know it's an overused uh, term, but you need scrappy guys like him, you know, they they make a difference. And you know, he has decent power for his mm-hmm. size. I mean, he can hit doubles, he can hit the ball fairly hard. Um and he has a decent arm, man. You know, for him to be that 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 size, I mean, he a gunner guy down. He almost threw a guy out in uh Seattle, you know, so he's a, he's a good baseball player, man. You know, it's it's not like he's some type of uh, uh, garbage player or something, you know. Right. Man, I read something on Twitter today, and it was like, you know, it, somebody was made a comment like, if you're going to Nick Williams uh, after three injuries, then you know that you have a depth problem. But really – Three injuries, that's a whole outfield, man. It's tough to replace that. And I think they've done, you know, fairly decently. Uh, Vaughn hasn't hit like we wanted him to, but Hamilton, like you said, was playing good ball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully they could get that going a little bit uh, on track. Maybe Leary could go back out there and, and get some at-bats uh, in the outfield instead of the infield. I think he's hit better when he's an outfielder in his career. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. And then hopefully Engel will come back and, and that'll be a little more firm out there than it is right now, you know? Well, I mean, 
to me, I don't understand that that train of thought. The White Sox plan, not not what you said, but the complaining about the death on on Twitter because the White Sox playing three rookies mm-hmm. right now. It might be more than that, but I know Mercedes Vaughn, Magical for sure. Those the three rookies, and they've been in every single game this year. If you take away some errors, some implosions by the bullpen, you're looking at a team that could easily have only one or two losses. So, I mean, what really is it to complain about? Because everything they've done, they could correct. It's not like these are uncorrectable mistakes. It's not like the talent is not there. You got a very talented team that lost a guy that can hit possibly 40 home runs and drive in 100 guys, your shortstop out, and you still winning games. You putting six runs on the board. So, I mean, what really is it to complain about? You know, I think sometimes as fans we just complain for the hell of complaining, you know. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the fans like to complain about Tony La Russa, um, but I don't think – I don't matters what he does. They're going to complain about him regardless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people just hate him. They want a hint in there, you know what I mean? So what what right. what what can what can the man do? I mean, you can't your second baseman botches a double play. Had us on the manager. Right. Your gold glove center fielder takes one off the head. How can you blame the manager? Your MVP a couple of times have, you know, struck out with guys in scoring position where he could have drove in runs. How can you blame the manager? I mean, Moncada had like nine, nine strikeouts in one series or something like that, you know, seven or seven to nine strikes out strikeouts in one series. How can you blame the manager? You can't. I mean, that's that's not on him. I only question one move he did, which was well actually two, which was the Hendricks move as far as letting them stay in the game. To record a save, and I know him being an old school manager, he like, you know, I want to let my guy get that save, but mm-hmm. really he could have took him out that game because that game was already out of hand. The White Sox had it in hand, so wasn't no reason to let him go out there and get that save. I mean, I understand why he did it, but I just don't agree with it. Right? Yeah. No, I could see that, um, but you got to figure it's his first appearance. They're going to want him to get the save, um, but I, I definitely see see the point but then Hendricks goes out and he throws 30 something pitches that inning um you know if he has a one two three inning nobody says nothing about it you know so it's kind of like uh questioning after the fact almost you know yeah and then and then uh you know the game with Foster I I get it you gotta you gotta have somebody out it's tough to let one guy give up six runs or whatever happened in that game so he should have had somebody backing him up but when you think about it, like you read on Twitter, all these people are saying they should bring in Hendricks in the sixth. There is no manager alive that is going to bring in his closer in the sixth inning. I don't think. I don't. I don't ever remember seeing anything like that. Eighth inning, sure, you know. But the sixth, mm. then who's going to cover the the ninth? <laughs> who's going to cover I, the? Eighth I guess and ninth? somebody would would say the uh, Rays probably. Maybe they they say the Rays would do it, but. I mean, he probably could have brought in Bummer. Yeah. You know, the only reason I didn't like the Foster move was because it was man on base. He could have probably used Bummer. But either Mm -hmm. way it goes, Foster would have had to been used at some point because he was limited 
because the bullpen has already uh, so far this season had to cover four innings every game except for today's game. So, you know, he was kind of in a rock and a hard place too. I think he just left him out there too long. I think once he seen, you know, the guy was struggling, getting hit hard, couldn't put guys away. I mean, he was having – it was some longer bats, seven, eight, nine pitcher bats, and he couldn't put guys away. So, you knew it was something going on there, you know. And then the balls they was fouling off was like – it was some good contact. I mean, those guys was taking aggressive cuts. It, it was like they were seeing the ball well off of them. So, you know, they should he should have took them out earlier. But, I mean, to – you know, just blame everything on Tony LaRusso. Yeah, that that doesn't make sense, you know. Yeah, and, you know, the way the bullpen is constructed is a little bit tough to manage that bullpen if guys aren't going deep in games. Now, like I said, Lynn, thank God, he went nine. They got an off day tomorrow. They, they'll be ready to go on Saturday, you know. But you have Kopech and Crochet, who've been fucking amazing. They've been great. But, uh you know, when you don't pitch every, every other, you know, you don't pitch back to back games. And I think they want those guys to get two days off, even in between their appearances, Mm -hmm. that really limits you when you're trying to cover four innings every game, like you said, and there's, there wasn't an off day in a week. And, you know, some guys are really struggling. Marshall and Foster are struggling out there. Um, you know, so what does that leave you with? That leaves you with Ruiz, who's supposed to be like the mop-up guy, but actually he's looked pretty good, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bummer and and Hewer, who's also been struggling a little bit. And then you have Hendricks. And while you want to get Hendricks into more games, I mean, the situation just didn't really call for it because when they were winning, they were winning big. Yeah. And, you know, and I guess you could have brought him in that one game to pitch the the ninth to say send it to extra innings. Okay, yeah, yeah, I yeah, forgot, um, yeah, yeah. You could have he they he could have did that, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, the thing is, the guys he's depending on did well last year. So right. you know, maybe Tony Larusa is looking at that and saying, you know what, these guys did well last year. You can't just say, well, this guy makes this much money, so. He should put him in this situation all the time. Right. He has to be able to trust the other guys in that bullpen as well to get out some high leverage situation. Because guess what? Okay, you put Hendricks in in the six. He get out of it. Fine. Maybe he could pitch the seven. Okay, he go to seven. At some point, you still got to put one of them other guys in the game. You still got to put Foster or Marshall in the game. I understand the high leverage situation argument, but those guys still got to be able to get outs no matter what. Right. And have any of them closed? I don't know. But that takes a different mentality to close a game down. It does. They always (laughs) say, you know, it's an old saying. I know people out there hate old, old school sayings, but the last three outs are always the hardest outs to get. So, you know, it does take a different mentality. I always say, if closes didn't matter, then why can't everybody get three outs in the ninth inning if it doesn't matter, if it doesn't take a different mentality? How come everybody in that bullpen can't go out and get three outs in the ninth inning? 
Just the right. same thing with pitching. I know people love bullpen games, and you probably can win bullpen games in the long season. You can do that. But in the playoffs, you need horses. It's a reason that guys that can go seven innings, go deep into games, are getting paid $300 million. Mm-hmm. These teams ain't giving these guys $300 million for no reason. So they obviously are very valuable as far as when it comes to wins. And you got to think, if you having a bullpen game three, no, two out of, let's just say two out of the five turn, turns in the rotation, man, that's going to kill your bullpen. Yeah, your bullpen's dead then. Yeah, I mean, because you using, if you're doing a bullpen game, you lose, you using at least three or four guys. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I just don't, some of the stuff I don't understand. I mean, it looks good. It, it sounds sexy. It's brand new. You know, everybody like getting packages from Amazon, you know, but come <laughs> on, man. You know, you gotta, you gotta think about some of this stuff, you know? Yeah. So, uh, Mac, who's, who's, uh, impressed you so far this year? Who's come out of the blue or, or not even out of the blue? Who's just impressed you this year so far? You know, the easy answer is Mercedes, but, I'm going to actually go with Hamilton before he went down. Uh, okay. Everything I heard about Hamilton was, you know, he didn't swing the bat well. And I know it's a small sample size because I don't want somebody to at me about it. It's a small sample size, you know, that's the overused term to me. <laughs> but, yeah, right. you know, uh, when he was in the game, he was hitting the ball hard. He was running the bases well. He played good defense. He's a guy that uh, can get almost a stolen base anytime he wants. And to me, just looking at what he does, I'm not saying him as an everyday player is good, but he could be a very valuable player coming off the bench. So if a Jose Abreu get a hit late in the innings, they can take Abreu out. I mean, late in the game, they can take Abreu out, bring in Hamilton, and guess what? We might have a, a double Right there. We we all know that a lot of times when bullpen guys in the game, they really don't pay attention that much to guys on first or, you know, it's just something they're not uh, really concerned with. So this guy can help us out a lot. I think he's a, he's a valuable uh, piece to the puzzle now. I mean, people laughed at the move when it happened, but when you really look at it in uh, a baseball sense, it kind of really uh, makes sense, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. He's he definitely was good. I hope he, when he comes back, you know, he could pick it up where he left off. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, who's a, a surprise to you? For me, it is definitely Carlos Rodon. Oh, wow. Um, he had a great game. Uh, the game he pitched in in uh, C. And I saw him in the spring one game, and I was like, man, this dude looks better than I've seen him look in three years. You know. So he actually really does look good. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's always got the caveat with him. He's got to stay healthy. Um, hopefully that happens because he really did look good, and he looks better than, than Cease looked. And even Keiko, he looks better than Keiko's look too. So, you know, I, I hope he could stay healthy. I hope he can continue because, man, if the way he was throwing the last the two times I saw him, he looks like a totally different guy than the last couple of years. So he's, he'd be my pick for the most surprising uh, for me. Uh, I mean, other than Mercedes, who obviously came out of the blue and is, you know, he's an all-star right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he definitely yeah. is. So 
who would you say so far early in the season is your biggest uh, disappointment? All right. So, you know, I got my usual suspects that, that uh, always disappoint me. Like, you know, your boy Madrigal and, and Moncada. Uh, but I'm going to leave them alone today. And I'm going to go after one of my guys. And I'm going to, you mentioned it earlier. I'm going to say Jose Abreu a little bit, you know. Um, he's been up at the plate with men on base almost every inning. And and he's just, he, she's got the two grand slams. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's only got one other RBI on the year. Yeah. Uh, he had a sacrifice fly. The one game he had five RBIs, he had a grand slam and a sack fly. But other than those two hits, he hasn't gotten the job done. He's been striking out with men on third. Um, And, uh, you know, obviously it's a small sample size, and he's still my guy. I love Jose Abreu to death, but he's got to pick up his game for the team to to get where they need to go, in my opinion. How about you? I mean, that's old trusty right there, so. You know, it's kind of hard to, to jump on him, you know, because you know at the end of the day he's going to get no. the job done. But he's been taking – I mean, he's been having some bad strikeouts, especially with guys on third and uh, less than two outs. But Yeah, I mean, I'm not jumping on him. I, You know, I love the guy. Yeah. Um, but he's got to be better than what he's been because, you know, realistically he could have like 15, 16 RBIs now and he That's has true. nine. So he's he could do a little better than that. I think even today – he had the bases loaded and one at bat, and he uh, didn't popped get out. him in. Yeah, he didn't get him. He popped out. But uh, he, uh, we need him to step up because, really, Eloy, you know, mm-hmm. so we do need him to step up. And then, you know, I know people get mad at me about Makata, but he really haven't been dependable in the fourth spot. So it's not like if a Braver don't get the job done, it's a guarantee that Makata is going to pick him up, you know, especially right now. Maybe Moncada's getting hot. There's some people that pointed out on Twitter that he's been hitting the ball harder lately. So maybe he is going to get out of the slump he was in. But my disappointment is Dallas. I thought Dallas was like a Mark Burley type pitch Mm -hmm. where he's going to – I know it's early, but we need him – to eat up innings. I'm not saying he's going to be a guy with a sub 3 ERA. But if he's somewhere 3-8, 3-5 ERA, and he can give us average 6, 7 innings per start, that's what we need from him. That's what we need out of Dallas, out, out the veteran. We need that. Just like that's what I expect Lynn to be, a 200 inning guy. So I expect Dallas to be a 200 inning guy. I don't expect that from Cease. I don't. Mm-hmm. If Cease give us 175 innings, you know, that's great. You know, uh, I don't even, I don't expect that from Rondon, but if he does, that's great as well. But Dallas and Lynn, because they're the veterans, they're the two older guys on the staff, I'm depending on them to give us six, seven innings. All the time they go out on the mound. And Dallas haven't done that. And he kind of, he's been walking people too, you right. know, which is out of character. You know, so if I had to pick somebody right now, I, I, I would pick uh, Dallas. I mean, yeah. uh, he's been my my biggest disappointment so far. Yeah, well, that one, that one game in Anaheim, they spotted him a 7-1 lead. 
And I don't even think he got the win in that game. I think he came out in the fourth inning, right? Yeah. And it was and it was like seven to six at that point. Yeah, it was like I, yeah. I mean, then then the team, you know, tacked on a few runs and it was an easy win. But, you know, if you got a seven to one lead and you're the veteran on the staff, you gotta make that stand up, man. Yeah. You know, you can't be leaving the game in the fourth inning. I agree with you hundred percent on that too. And then the Seattle game. I mean, he left that game in a horrible situation you know mm-hmm. i mean foster didn't come in and get the job done but i mean he left guys on base for the man when he came in against seattle and i, I mean i know these guys are major league hitters but this is seattle though come on i mean come on man you gotta we need him to uh pitch better man you know he he and he's you know i don't i haven't looked at the uh his fly ball rate but he didn't gave up some home runs, you know, which is uncharacteristic for him. He's supposed to be Mr. Ground Ball pitcher, you know, and he didn't gave up some bombs early in the season. So, you know, maybe it's early in the season and, you know, he, he got to get his sinker together or whatever. But, you know, I need him to go longer than uh, four and third and uh, five innings. You know, we need – we're going to need him and Lynn all the time to at least go six, seven innings because you got to think after him and Lynn, you got Cease. Who knows? He's still working on stuff. And then you got Rodon. Who knows where that's going to go? So, you know, right. you need those guys to cover those innings, you know? Yeah, 100%. And that would free up Kopech and Crochet to back up Cease and Rodon. Yeah. Uh, Giolito's, you know, pretty pretty solid i know he hasn't gone six yet either which i'd like to see as well but you know it it frees up those other guys to back up the guys that you're questioning a little more and i think that's the role that they want them in but when kopech has to come in in a keiko game or or a lynn game or something like that you know you're asking for trouble later on in the week because like i said they're trying to it to me it seems like they want to get them you know two days off after every after every appearance, those guys. So if you're doing that and you're doing it on the Keiko game, well, then who's going to come in in the cease game when he's gone in the fourth inning, like, you know, he tends to go. It's really leaving you in a bind. Guys are having to cover a lot of innings. So hopefully, like you said, Keiko and even Giolito can kind of follow what Lynn started today. I yeah. hope that's that's what's going to happen. Yeah, G- Giolito is the ace. So, uh he should be going, you know, six, seven innings too. I I didn't bring him up because it's been a lot of uh, mistakes made in the game, the games he's pitched. So it's it's kind of hard for him to go that many innings when he's having to cover four outs, you know, in an right. inning, or he got to get five outs in an inning. So, you know, that's why I didn't really, you know, harp on him about his lack of going deep into games, but. You know, like I say, Dallas does far as early. He's been a disappointment. So, you know, that's that's who I went with, you know. Yeah, same, man. Uh that that that's a good call. You know, I like so, that call. So what 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 do you want to see, you know, the rest of uh this week from the White Sox? Well, I want to see good bullpen work because now there ain't no excuse that they don't have time to rest. You know, they got two. everybody in that bullpen gets two days off now. 
They get today and they get tomorrow. So come Saturday, if if C struggles and he's only going four or five innings, you know, we should have a pen capable of shutting down the Royals. As we said in episode one, we both thought that the bullpen is the strength of the team. Mm-hmm. And thus far, it hasn't really been that way. That's true. Um, you know, so hopefully they can start nailing games down. Hopefully Tony can get it in an order that he wants to get it into, you know, get them in their roles and, and shut them down. Uh, you know, I know people say that they shouldn't have roles uh, and it should be based on situation, but I still think knowing when you're going to come in and all that, that helps you out when you're a pitcher, yeah. you know, even when I pitched in, in the beer league, uh, <laughs> semi pro league that I pitched in when I was 25 years old, if I was coming in relief, I like to know I was coming in relief, you know, you know, look out in the fourth inning, you might be coming in. Okay, good. Fourth inning, I'm ready to pitch, you know? Yeah. So I think roles are still important. A defined role, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully uh, hopefully he can get that straightened out, and then hopefully they can perform and get that going. Because the way this, the pitching is, they should be pitching better than they're pitching. The starters, the relievers, all of them. So I want to see some good games. I want to keep the Royals bats down and their lineup's not terrible. I'm not going to say that they could, they could score some runs. I'm sure. Um, they got some guys that'll take you deep. They got some good players like Whit Merrifield on that team, but I want the pitching to go good. That's, that's what I'm looking for. How about you? Well, what I want to see this uh, next week is just no more goofy shit. That's it. <laughs> That's a good call, man. You know, I just don't want to see no more clown ass shit. If if they can give us that, I think we'll be fine. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's all I want to see. And uh so with that being said, can we got anything to say before we get out here to the people? Yeah, you know, I I, I was uh watching the in, the pregame introductions and and ceremonies for for today, and I got three things I wanted to hit on real quick. One, Roger Bossert has been there for 55 years, 55 opening days. The dude's been there. And what do they give him? They give him a fucking rake. What the hell is he going to do with that? I know it's gold plated, but my God, you can't get this dude a Benz or something like that. He's been working your lawn for 55 years and they give him a rake. Get the fuck out of here with that, man. That's some bullshit. That is some bullshit. What's the second thing you get? The the second thing is... um, they're showing the every year they show the players that have played for the organization or coached or, you know, had some kind of impact on the game. Like they showed Hank Aaron and uh, a couple of Lou Brock, a couple of hall of famers on there that passed, you know, and these, but this time they show goofy Charlie Hager. Now this guy was a pitcher in the, I think early 2000. I don't even know the year was when he was there. Maybe it was later two thousands, but this dude, he fucking killed his girlfriend and then killed himself. And they're paying tribute to this guy on the scoreboard. Like somebody's got to be like, that's not a good idea, man. We don't need to put Charlie Hager out there because he murdered somebody. Yeah. So you should just end that right there. I, <laughs> I thought that. that was a little goofy. Yeah, that that, that kind of that's that's a little tacky, as we say right there. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, you're putting them up there with guys like Dick Allen and and guys that were, you know, Huge impacts on your team. Juan mm-hmm. Pizarro, great pitcher in the 60s. And then you're going to put this goofball that barely pitched on the team and murdered somebody on there. It's like, what are you guys thinking? Yeah, that makes no, <laughs> that, that makes no sense. And what's the third thing you got? The third thing I got is I'm watching uh, NBC Sports Chicago. 
first opening day I haven't been to since 2003 and the second one since 1990, you know, so I was at home, but I, I want to see the pageantry and stuff like that. And here we got my man, Jose Abreu, the fucking MVP of the league, getting his award. And what do they do? They don't even show it live on the broadcast. They didn't show it. They go to uh, some promos or some commercials about like these guys that have been season ticket holders for 20 years and, and how they're happy to be back in the park. Dude, of course you're happy to be back in the park. Everybody's going to be happy to be back in the park. But I want to see my guy get his MVP award and see what happens live, you know? Now, they showed it later in the in the during the broadcast, but if they're doing it live, show it live. I wanted to fucking see it, and they didn't show it to me. All I <laughs> so those were say, my complaints about the yeah, the that, pregame introductions. All I got to say, that's bogus. You know, that's that's some disrespectful ass shit right there. But, yeah, how you don't show Mr. Uh, old Trusty getting his uh, MVP trophy, you know? So I agree yeah, with that. I know? thought that was bogus, man. Oh, so yeah. those are my three complaints. <laughs> all right. You heard his complaints. And uh, you was just tuned in to Sox Fans with Attitude. We appreciate appreciate you guys listening. And uh, hopefully you tune in again for the next show. Uh, good luck, everybody, and peace out. You're now listening to the Bad Guy Radio Productions.